I did a dumb thing. So the nasal inhaler right uh-huh. here that, that I got that's, you know, clears up my sinuses and everything. Yeah, I accidentally touched it to the corner of my eye. Like, not blinking, touched it to the corner of my eye. So now my eye is feeling like somebody poured icy hot in it. <laughs> so, yeah, these Vicks inhalers are awesome, but they do not, they're not good for your eyeball. So just, you know, if you didn't know that, I thought you should know that because, yeah, that was not a good decision on my part. So, oh, I'm also just looking at everything and knowing, yep, we're broke. <laughs> so, but you know what? I'm happy because all of our bills are paid right now, you know, and it's like, so that makes me happy to know that for the next couple of weeks, we're okay. So I told you what happened with the city bill, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. I just don't get it. So I computer errors rarely fall in my favor. So we'll see. I'm waiting for them to suddenly be like, oh, no, look, you owed us after all type situation. So because, uh, well, people don't know. I went to pay the city bill <laughs> and they're like, no, you already paid it. I'm like, mm, no, I didn't. I literally did. And I told them. I mean, I, 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 I told them straight out, no, I did not. I really didn't. But, okay, you know what? I'll accept it for what it is. I'm just going to say, all right, you know, it is it is what it is. They, won't, they wouldn't let me pay, so there was nothing to pay, so they wouldn't let me. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, take down my information in case somebody else, you know, because the last thing I want in the world is some little old grandma who accidentally typed in the wrong number and paid on our stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So... We'll see, you know, we'll we'll see how it how it happens and how it goes. So I don't know. <laughs> but um now we have an award ceremony, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And then Yeah, we have a week way on the weekend. How's the weather supposed to hold up? Is it gonna be nice like this for more than one day? Um I have no idea. Give me a second. Okay. Uh, we're. What do you consider nice? It's not exactly been cool at the heat of the day or the peak of the day. Less than eighty degrees has been. I mean, less than eighty-five degrees has been nice to me. <laughs> then, yeah, we're hovering around between eighty and eighty-five. Okay. Uh, and our lows are hanging between uh, sixty and sixty, like sixty-eight. So not exactly like, you know, amazing. Open up the, the mm-hmm. windows all the time at night, but not not that f- for like a bunch of days. It's just we're finally heading into that point where you got to have to choose your, you know, pick your poison. Either we have air conditioning on and we, you know, just kind of deal with the needing to spend money on it or we deal with flies because we don't have screens on all of our windows. We can't, you know, that's where they're coming from is opening the windows up. And then they come inside and they're like, woo, y'all made food? <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're not coming in in the kitchen. They're coming in in other windows and then going, ah, I smell the food over there. And then mm-hmm. they're traveling over there. And then we end up with, you know, 17, 18 flies in there and going, where are they coming from? It's like, these are other places in the house, but we're not noticing them in those other places of the house because they're not flying around anywhere. That's what I've been seeing. So 
so yeah we're at that point where it's and then on top of that now the mosquitoes are finally like here they're alive and wandering around so that's the other reason it's more and more we leave the windows open at night the more and more mosquitoes we let into the house to you know mess with us when we're sleeping <laughs> so yeah so yeah we're there it's summer <laughs> yeah i'm i've uh gotten a few of them so but uh yeah, we got to figure out something on the windows for sure. All right, well, I'll I'll start brainstorming on it in a big way because got to be able to get things in and out. So, but with that, welcome to the afternoon dive on the stupid podcast on everything. Where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki, and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. So today we're actually, uh, if you tune in for economics, um, you'd be like three people. So <laughs> <laughs> we. We're, we're actually going to go with a, a little bit more on the advice side. So, it, you know, we're st- I'm still going to do things about economics and talk about economics and things like that. But we've realized that, you know, what people have talked about and what people want from us and what people have said. And, and that's it's more important. And more people like and appreciate our advice and the different view from it and the different viewpoint that, you know, you and I give people because mm-hmm. we're in a poly relationship. We're vastly different in age. We have different upbringings we have different races we have different you know um religious upbringings we have different you know educations we have every everything that could be different is different about us and yet we still find our our middle ground in most everything that we do so um so yeah so we're gonna go ahead and go with some advice so what are we gonna start with um uh let's see uh we'll start with this one it is titled, My mom's boyfriend said cuddling with my sister is inappropriate and basically accused me of doing bad stuff. I am 17 female and my little sister is 8. She's my favorite person in this household and we are very close. We often hug or kiss each other on the cheek or cuddle under a blanket. Well, yesterday she came into my room around 6am and I was watching Dragon Ball Z and she likes the show as well. So she climbed into bed with me and we cuddled and watched it together. Ten minutes later, my mom's boyfriend burst into my room saying that it's weird for her to be in my room this long and said, I don't know what the F you're doing, but I know something is going on. I told him he needed to mind his own business and that there's nothing inappropriate about what we do. He said that since I'm a lesbian, I can't be trusted alone with her. And I got so pissed off at the implication. My mom said that I should listen to him even though she disagrees with what he said and I'm not doing it. How can I convince them that our relationship as siblings is entirely innocent? Yeah, um, you can't. He's... (laughs) Okay. So I can I can say this secularly or I can say this spiritually. So in any way that you look at it, do you know who calls people liars the most? Liars. Liars. Do you know who calls people thieves the most? Thieves. Do you know who people call druggies the most? <laughs> druggies. Right? Druggies call other people druggies. Uh, people... People who have a dependency and addiction or anything like that. I went to support one of my friends... And I went to um, his basically, you know, I don't remember what they call it. Narcotics Anonymous. Okay. okay. Um, only this was like a church based Narcotics Anonymous type situation. And so I went with him and the the person that was leading it up and his name was Greg. And uh, he sat there and he goes, well, you know, you're, you're new. You're new here, Joey. So so tell me what what drug are you addicted to? I'm like, I'm not. He's like, well, do you smoke? No. Do you drink? Yeah. Well, then alcohol's your your drug. Like, no. What? I 
not addicted to it. He's like, yes, you are. Well, when did you start drinking? Because that's that'll talk. We'll talk about your mental age. And I'm like, what? What? Are you, that has nothing to do with it. I'm not an addict. I don't have a drinking problem. Well, do you drink when you're bored? No. Well, <laughs> do you drink in social situations? Yes. Do you drink when you're alone? Yes. Well, you know, th- these are signs that you're an alcoholic. I'm like, everything's a sign. Hey, that guess, you're guess what? I drink when I'm thirsty, too. That doesn't mean that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and, and I sat there and said, listen, listen, you have a drug addiction. And he goes, yes. And I said, so to you, everything is a drug addiction. I don't have a drug addiction. And so to me, it's not an addiction. I don't. I smoked cigarettes. And literally when I decided to stop, I just stopped. I didn't go through some big, huge, weird period of, uh, I didn't go through withdrawals. I didn't just like, meh, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> meh, I just stopped. And it's like, so just because you have a problem with it, that's, the, that's your world. That's your scope. That's your fishbowl. That's the way you see things. So you have a problem with it because you have a problem with it. Right. And it's like, you have a problem said, so don't come to my house. Because I have alcohol at my house. And if you're uncomfortable with alcohol, I'm not going to hide it because you're at my house. Mm-hmm. It's not my cross to bear. It's not my crutch. It's not anything that's me for me to rely on. I say this because I dated a girl. I, I, well, I've had a couple of girlfriends. And the girlfriends, the moment that they're like, I think you're cheating on me. Guess what I knew? That moment that they said that or anything like that, they were cheating. Because I don't think about that crap. Why? Because I'm not a cheater. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, and guess what I found out? They were cheating on me. <laughs> it's like, okay, liars. People who have called me liars. You have known me for three and a half years. Right? Have I ever lied? Mm-hmm. Ever. I would rather just take a speeding ticket than lie. Right? That's that's where I'm at. I'd rather it's, nothing's worth worth it. I just don't because it's it's just not worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I think about your mom's boyfriend barging into your room and calling it wildly inappropriate that you're snuggling up with your sister. That you and your sister are hanging out. That you an underage girl are hanging out with another underage girl Mm -hmm. why did his mind go to that place because that's where his mind is predators minds go to predator spaces i know this i have literally sat there and had somebody who tried to tell me you know there was a guy that, that came to my condo and he's like telling everybody he's not gay everybody knows he's gay Telling everybody he's not gay because this is at a time where staying in the closet was still the thing, right? Um, and he sat there and he goes, and he goes, I, I don't know how you can be in a condo with three other guys that are all just good looking and not have sexual thoughts. And I went, Oh, Ryan, because I'm not gay, but you are. What? What? Yeah, like two months later, he came out. So, like, <laughs> I don't think about that because. That's not the kind of person I am. I don't go into a grocery store and look for all the cameras because I'm not a shoplifter. I don't walk into somebody's house and case the place because I'm not a burglar. Right? You don't do things unless you're that kind of person. When a cop comes up to me, I have zero fear in me. Why? Because 
I have nothing to hide. Nothing. I know my rights, and I don't. Gi- I don't give up my rights, but I have these. Your mom's boyfriend. Yep. You 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 can do the math on that one. That's pretty easy. You know. What do you think? Well, in in the comments, uh, OP had basically uh, to somebody else saying that he's got very deeply rooted homophobia going on because it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shouldn't be bursting into a 17-year-old's room uninvited. Right. Uh, OP responded that he's very homophobic and walks into her room without knocking all the time. He has seen her naked too yeah. many times. There you go. See? This it's is what so I'm saying. So, yeah, this this is... He, he He's a basic. He's a, he's a basic predator. He's a predator. There's no other way to put it. He was hoping to walk to barge in and catch you and your sister doing yep. something because he's a sick twisted f period. yeah he's sexualizing you cuddling with your sister mm-hmm. that is a normal thing right for any family member to do with any family member I cuddle with no my matter, dog <laughs> just no matter how old or young anybody is like mm-hmm. i i despise that that's a thought process that it's oh man you know normal sibling sibling interactions oh, well, there has to be something else going on. No, or it's right. just that I love my sibling. Why is that something that you're trying to see something more in? Because you want to. That is the only mm-hmm. reason that he would barge into your room without knocking. This many times, because he wants to catch you naked, because he wants to catch you guys doing something, because he wants that to be there, because in his sick, twisted mind, rooted deeply in homophobia that he is probably guilty about, and that's that is the whole that's the whole point behind it. Mm-hmm. So... Get a lock. I don't care if yeah. you're not allowed. Yeah. Get a lock. No. And if they say that you're not allowed to or they literally forcibly remove or whatever, call CPS. I don't care. Seriously. There's no no ifs, ands, or so's about him walking and seeing you naked several times and trying to say that you're having sexual relations with your younger sister right. when he has no business because he's just your mom's boyfriend. This is not like it's stepdad or something. This cannot be something that just is like, you, no, call CPS. No. Get him out out of there mm-hmm. because there is no no world where and, that is ever okay here's the thing you're 17 you're talking about being almost out of there your sister isn't yeah he's gonna switch over yeah and he's you're gonna going go from to you. be gone and she mm-hmm. has nobody to protect yeah. her just no get 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 him or yourself and your sister out of that situation 100 percent. yeah lock on the door put the lock on the stinking door you tell your mom look mom he barges into my room. He's accusing me of this stuff. There's only one kind of person that accuses people of this. Look, I accuse. I th- I think other people say things and they're mad all the time. You know why? Because I'm mad all the time. Okay. So you you just get out. Get get that situation. Change it. If your mom's not going to dump this piece of garbage, then you need to do everything you can to protect you and your sister. Like seriously, I'd even. Go so far as to get motion motion freaking cameras in you and your sister's room. If he barges, just so you know, him barging into your room and seeing you naked, all the police have to do is prove that he was aroused by it or, and had a pattern of it. And guess what? Yeah, because any normal person that barged into a minor's room and accidentally saw them naked after that mm-hmm. and doesn't have an intention with it would knock every single time after that. Yep. Go, oh, my bad. I don't know what was happening. I'm so sorry. It's an accident at that point. Yeah. If it's happening over and over again, it's not an accident anymore. It is right. on purpose. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's just like... Would you be as low key with some guy bumping up against you on the bus 
First time, okay. Second time, hey, let's resolve this. But like the third, fourth time, you're like, I'm getting away from this sick ass, you know, pervert. That's the way it is. So yeah, no. Mm. Uh, what uh, other people agree? Oh yeah, everybody okay. in the Good. comments is Good. telling her to get a lock and mm-hmm. to try their best to get, you know, try her best to get him out of there to talk mm-hmm. with the mom and say, listen, this is not okay, and you know, basically everything we've said. <laughs> yeah, mom, he moves. Mom, you want to date him? That's fine. He moves out, or we call the police because he has barged into my room multiple times to see me naked, and he's making sexualized comments to underage girls. Ugh. All right. <laughs> I just hate some people. Okay. What's next? Uh, this one is uh, titled, Can I Refuse a Detention My Child Got for Defending Herself? Yesterday, a boy wouldn't stop hitting my daughter during class. He kicked her under the desk, wrote on her new jacket, threw pencils at her, physically pulled her jacket off and threw it on the ground, amongst other things. This was in class. There was a substitute teacher who saw the whole thing, and when my daughter asked the sub to make the boy stop, the teacher asked my daughter to sit back down and ignore it, and the boy will stop. He didn't stop and started hitting my daughter on her arms. At this point, my daughter lost it and, for lack of a better phrase, whooped his butt. Now the school wants her to do a full day's detention with the boy. I'm not sure if I agree with this. Can I refuse or at least refuse detention with the aggressor? Um, oh, wow. They're one. So, okay, that last little bit just kind of changed the dynamic. Um, the school can impose detention. And if you decide against it, then they can decide to suspend or even expel your student at the school's discretion. Sadly, that's the rules and and the the levity that the school has in what they're able to do. However, the school cannot force a victim to serve detention with their, their assaulter. That's just, that doesn't happen. Um, Okay. This is, this is hard for me. Because I hate bullies. Mm-hmm. In school, I used to beat up bullies all the time. I used to take the punishments as a badge of honor. And maybe your daughter will. Who knows, right? Um, here's the thing. What the school does and what you do are two different things. You're the parent. When my parents found out that, when, and when this was specifically in Florida, when my real I was out in Florida, my real father and my stepmom, found out i beat the live i wailed on this guy on the bus right took his shoes this guy was known for being the entire school bully and he came up to me and he told me to give him my shoes i was like yeah it's not happening flips off my hoodie you know because i had my hoodie over over because i was wearing headphones (laughs) so weren't allowed to at that time on the bus or wasn't anything there and sat there and and was like telling me got right in my face and it's like give me your shoes i stood up and he shoved me and i went nuclear on that bus my first day at school and this was crazy this is pine forest high school pensacola florida and this is like 1989 1990 okay you know what you know what they could do at that time i don't know if they still can but you know what they could do in that time in in florida Mm. spank you I got spanked. (laughs) And you know what? You know what my parents did when they found out about it? They took me out to dinner. 
they took me to like my favorite buffet in town that I had just literally was the only buffet I knew in town. Right. And so they had taken me to this little buffet place. I can't even remember the name of it or anything like that. But, you know, I was like, OK, so the, the school making first the first thing I go to is say, hey, look, this is the situation. This is what happened. Right. And the school says, well, we still want to serve detention. Say, OK, that's fine. We don't want her to serve detention with this boy because this boy was the problem in the first place. And we want them separated in class so that we don't have this problem. Because whether you believe my daughter or whether you believe this boy, whatever happened, them being together isn't the right thing. The school can can escalate it, but you as a parent can mitigate to get a better outcome for it. A detention, look, a detention 45 minutes an hour is a detention 45 minutes or an hour if you tell me if you tell me as a kid hey you're gonna go sit in your room and you're gonna be alone for 45 minutes an hour and then i'm gonna take you out and we're gonna go get boba you know what my daughters will do go sit in the they will sit in that room they won't move a damn muscle <laughs> they will sit there looking like they are meditating like mad because then it's like hey you got bullied, you responded, you're never going to get in trouble with me. We always have to deal with the repercussions of things outside of our control. But you're not going to get in trouble with me. So what do you think? Um, well, I am on the, not on the opposite side of it at all, but I am in uh, disagreement on the fact that I would make an absolute huge stink about it. Mm-hmm. Because I I could not just sit back and let yet again, as this happens all the time, not just, you know, girls, but boys and girls that are being bullied and stand up for themselves and then they get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're just like, ah, oh, yeah, no, they're going to get in trouble for this, this and this. The My favorite thing about all of the, um, the, the detention policies and the... Uh, OCS policies and just getting suspended and uh, all of that at uh, my high school was that if you were defending yourself, you didn't get in trouble. It, there mm. are always students that are witnesses to it. They had cameras at the school. They, you know, if sure. it, especially if a teacher witnessed it, you if you defended yourself, you didn't get in trouble. You get a hey, you know, could have handled it better, maybe. Eh. <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't. You, you wouldn't get in trouble if you didn't swing first, and so. Depending on the situation and what comes to light, as more you know, kids tell what was going on, it can change. But Absolutely. for the most part, if you did not start a physical fight, you do not get in trouble for it. If it is so, so a situation like this, she would not have gotten in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's how I grew up. If I was defending myself, I wouldn't get in trouble. No matter what school I was at, I was lucky enough to have schools that were on the same page as how I grew sure. up. My parents always, don't hit first. If you get hit, though defend like hell and i was all for that and so this is he kept doing it asked and Mm -hmm. brought a teacher into it and the teacher said and don't worry about it just don't do anything and he'll stop and he did it and in in turn got more violent with her so she lost her ever-loving mind on him yeah and she's getting punished for it i don't agree with that the the fact that the substitute teacher didn't do anything for it bring us to the school board's attention yeah. go to the principal and absolutely. tell them that no absolutely not my daughter will not be sitting in detention you do not have the full story or you're refusing to listen to her side of it you know go to this teacher go to the other students in the class you know i'm literally make a big huge mess about it and don't let them get away with this because if they're willing to do that to her, they're willing to do that to anybody mm-hmm. because they would rather have this substitute teacher get away with not actually doing their job instead of 
getting on the substitute teacher, putting the substitute teacher on suspension and, you know, getting that boy in trouble and rewarding your daughter for having the patience as long as she did. Sure. Because there is no world where I would have been perfectly fine with that much <laughs> happening before I lost my mind on someone. So that that's just that's how I feel. I would I, make the biggest stink about that. 100% agree. But that wasn't the question. The question was whether or not she could do something and the school could do something about it, right? Yeah, that she, was she that's all I was answering. Attention and what the school and what the school could do about it. I 100% agree. Look, I you protect yourself from bullies 100% of the time. But the school can, you know, if the school is obstinate, go yeah, go plead your case to the school, but they do have the ability to escalate it if you refuse. That's all I'm saying. Cuz I hate bullies and I honestly if that was my daughter, if that was Lily or Tabby, and I know because I have it has been at times, and I've rewarded them very well for it afterwards. So, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent agree with you. Just that wasn't the question that that I was answering. So I apologize if that's where we're differing on that. Okay. Okay. So next, uh, this one is titled "My Twenty Male Best Friend's Wife, Eighteen Female, Poked a Hole in a Condom of Mine." I almost read this one. Okay, I didn't get to read it. Go for it. So, the background. I have known my best friend, who is 19 for uh, 19 and male, for 15 years since kindergarten, and we hang out pretty often. I've known his wife for about six months, but we have gotten along and have been friends as long as I've known her. They picked me up early th- earlier this week to hang out, and I had accidentally dropped my wallet into their car. I confirmed that they had it and agreed to pick it up on the weekend since I would see them at their house for a party. On Saturday, during the party, everyone was having a good time when my best friend's roommate tells me he needs to talk to me and pulls me off into another room. He proceeds to show me the condom I had in my wallet with a kitchen knife-sized hole through the middle and hands me a new one. He tells me that he overheard my best friend's wife and her friend, who I've met twice and am familiar with, were the ones who poked a hole and that he was looking out for me since he heard it happen. The advice I'm asking for is, how would you go about this situation? I don't want to start issues with my best friend's wife, but the principle of this act just doesn't sit right with me. I appreciate any other perspective. The first question is... And then he did give a picture. okay. So, literally, yeah. Why? That's That's my... my my, Yeah. my, My question is... Why? I mean, like, there's there feels like that's just some okay. First off, they're childish, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Second, there's no way I don't notice that, right? Mm-hmm. Third, what is she doing in your wallet in the first damn place, right? Yeah, it's like it's, there's so many steps to that that are just they're childish. There's things, that are, there's things that are just missing context in in this in so many ways. Look. Don't damage other people's stuff. And I'm glad. First off, I'm glad they were stupid enough. That's a knife. That's not a needle. <laughs> they didn't use oh, a needle. Yeah. That's the tip of like a steak knife type situation. You know, that's just. But why do you do that? And then why do you brag about doing that? And then like, how do they get all? Nobody get no strangers get a hold of my wallet. You know, and it's like. And, and just so you guys know, um, a condom should never be in your wallet more than 90 days. If anybody didn't know that, a wallet should never be in a condom should never be in your wallet for more than 90 days because temperature changes will actually weaken the condom. And so as you're taking your wallet in and out of your pocket, you're fluctuating the, the temperature on it. Even Trojan on their website says, hey, don't do that. But I straight out no, like me, like, OK, that's my best friend. But at the same time, 
I'm like, what the hell are you thinking, you psycho freak? Why would you do that? Like, what what can I stab of yours? What am I allowed to tell me? What am I going to stab of yours? What you, What's okay with me doing that for you? Like, wow, you know what? You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to take all the strings out of your tampons. How'd you like that? How how fun would that be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the equivalency? What What would be the equivalency of that? Replacing somebody's birth control with sugar pills? Yeah, it probably. Yeah, you're just trying. You're trying to screw up somebody's life. You're not talking about oh, <laughs> that was funny. Now every time you you know putting flour in somebody's vent in somebody's uh, car vent so that when they turn on their air conditioner it blows flour throughout the car. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, that cleans up. Yeah. You know what doesn't clean up a, a baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Idiots. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Wait. I. <sighs> It's it is hard because for me it depends how well y- your friend is at handling drama. You said you've known him basically since car- kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So is he the kind of person that if you brought it up that he would absolutely get mad at you and you know make it something about your problem? Oh well, if you didn't drop your wallet in my car, she would have never got it. Like is that the kind of person that he is, or is you guys legitimately have? a very good friendship Mm -hmm. that if you told him he'd be like are you serious and confront his wife about it and because there's too many different there's there's too many different situations inside of this that i could see being what happened yeah because he didn't find it his roommate found it and we don't know if he's telling the truth uh the wife is the one that supposedly did it but the friend was the one that was talking, and they were talking about it together. Did the friend do it because she just wanted to stir some drama? Did the wife do it because she wanted to stir some drama? Was she trying to impress her friend? Or like what? What all? I I like, literally the why is the problem here? As like you know, you yeah. guys are young. She is eighteen. Y'all are children. <laughs> like yep. there is nothing. There's nothing more to it than they're they're young. I understand you guys still need to be held accountable, but I also understand the childish behavior that's very obviously present. You dropped your wallet, mm-hmm. and she thought, ooh, you know it would be a funny joke? Let me poke a hole in the condom in his wallet and go through his wallet and joke with my girlfriends about it. Like, that's not... No, that's, that's very childish. Very high school. Mm-hmm. I, you know, thought it was just going to be an innocent prank, but, you know, I didn't think about the consequences kind of thing. That's all that I'm seeing in this. So talk to your friend confront him about it don't confront the wife about it mm. and you know if she decides to try to round it on you would just be like listen man i i'm not gonna let your wife get in between us we can hang out but i i just don't want to be around that because yeah. i she tried to put my life at risk right and everything that i'm trying to do with my ri- life yeah, at i'm just risk. talking about a baby that's 18 years we're not talking about the diseases that you could be looking at that are forever yeah so it's just <laughs> It's not it's one of those things that she genuinely may not have thought about it. She may have poked that hole thinking, oh, ha ha, funny. He's going to go and realize there's a hole and then he's not going to be able to have sex. Like maybe maybe that's what she thought. And what is going to be a funny ha ha prank about, oh, he'll have to go get another condom kind of thing. We don't know Mm -hmm. because it is a really big hole. It's not like it's something that he wouldn't have noticed. Right. So I can't. There is still that 
possibility that it was genuinely trying to be funny, but it just didn't catch mm-hmm. <laughs> because she didn't really think about it. So, yeah, I would just confront him about it so that he can talk to his wife about it mm-hmm. alone when they are, you know, having their time. And if she blows up about it, then yeah, she had mal- malicious intentions. Yeah. If she goes, I just thought it was going to be a joke. You know what? I see your point. That was probably, yeah, that was a little messed up. Then, you know what? I would say don't don't make a big stink about it. It just, you know what? That wasn't really funny. Don't go through my stuff. And she probably would be like, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. Because if she apologizes and she understands that, yeah, it was genuinely just trying to be a ha-ha funny prank. But if she, you know, if she makes a big, huge blow up, oh, my God, how could you, you know, you're really going to defend your friend kind of thing, then. And, and for any women who don't understand this or anybody who thinks that this might be funny, it's not because the odds are the moment that we're going to find out that you have done that is the moment that we're getting ready to get some and you screwed it up. You know, it's like if you just did it to be funny, you just made a very awkward at minimum awkward moment. Granted, if if the best friend hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have known until that moment. So good they take care of it. But either way, you know what? Don't rifle through uh, here. Because you guys are young, dumb. Um, don't rifle through people's wallets. Guys, don't go through women's purses. Both of you, stay the hell out of other people's medicine cabinets. This is not stuff that's just like, ha, ha, ha. Because, I, I mean, we saw it was a TikTok trend. People go to people's homes on dates and stuff like that and go looking through their medicine cabinets and show people. Vi- Stop. You know, it's mm-hmm. literally, I, I hear them. I, I literally hear the Michael Jordan. Get help. You know, so, okay, anyway. So, there is that one. Um, This one, uh, I I wanted to legitimately just, I'm curious what you would say about this. Uh It's literally, does anyone have general life advice for a 17-year-old male? I don't want to feel regretful of not starting to do something at a younger age that will benefit me in the future. Yeah, real simple. Save your money. Like, I, I invest it, even at 17 just invest a couple hundred bucks and don't touch it lose it lose the ability to, or whatever it is but learn a skill and stick with the skill and understand that I would I would tell this to anybody learn to cook everybody should learn to cook if everybody learned to cook number one restaurants would be a lot cheaper because they'd have to entice you in there one way or another mm-hmm. but Number two, you spend a third of your life sleeping, right? You spend a third of your life working. Your your goal for everything that you do should be the quality of those things, right? You want a quality job. You want a quality career. You want to sleep on a quality bed or a quality surface. If you sleep on the floor, whatever it is, you want those things to be quality, Knowing how to cook, look, before I knew how to cook, my life was dismal, (laughs) okay? But learning how to cook, learn how to handle a knife, learn basic knife skills, and yeah, I'm not kidding about the investment part, do that, but I would tell anybody, learn how to cook. The things that you learn, cooking is one of those things that once you learn how to do it, it takes you far in life. Even if you never become, I've never worked as a chef in a restaurant in my life, right? Right. Okay, just making (laughs) sure. I've worked as a sous chef. I've made omelets and, you know, things like that. But I've never worked as a chef. I've never had a job as a chef um, in my life. 
And I will tell you that once I learned how to cook, my world was so much better. And so if I was to teach you anything, if I was to tell you anything at 17, tell my daughters, I tell everybody, learn to cook, learn to cook something, learn to cook a lot of things or learn to cook a couple of things really, really well. But learn to cook because it stays with you. And look, you can change jobs and you can change careers, but you, you can't change your ability. You know, you, you can't change and start sucking more at cooking. Cooking is something that is a, part, a big part of your life. Eating is something that's a big part of all of our lives, right? So cook, make the best of it, make the most of it. When you're poor, you know how to cook. If you know how to cook well, it doesn't matter. People don't know that they're poor. When you're, when you're rich, you'll appreciate better things more. You'll get your shoes or your knives or whatever your set is, and you'll be like, ah, and you'll enjoy yourself, right? And then it's like, well, as you get poor, not so much. But I, and, and Kiki can tell you this, I make liver, chicken livers, delicious. <laughs> the, one of the cheapest meats that you can get. I make them delicious, mm-hmm. right? I make cheap cuts of steak taste better than anything that we have in any restaurant because I know how to cook them, right? Yeah. So that would be my advice is to learn how to cook and just don't have kids. Don't have kids. Like <laughs> The last thing is just wait till you're 30. Seriously. Enjoy your life until it's it's that point. So there. Okay. Okay. And I'm not going to answer it because I'm not a boy and I feel everything that I could say has more to do with women. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Well, okay. What, would I, what advice would you give women? A 17-year-old girl, what would you tell her? I don't care what everybody else thinks. There you go. Because nobody cares. Do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like the biggest thing that most women are stuck just worrying about what everybody else will think of them, what everybody else will, you know, if there's somebody out there that's actually going to want to be with them, marry them, have, you know, a life with them and all these other things. There is somebody out there for you. Don't worry about everyone mm-hmm. else and what they think of you. Nobody cares. And the people that care only care because they're bitter in some way about something. Literally. If somebody cares so much and they're not a close friend or family member, it, it they're, they they don't care because they're looking out for you or they want to give you advice or something like like they're no if if everything they're saying is negative towards you it, they don't have any sense of trying to help you or better your life they're mm-hmm. just being critical and don't don't care it doesn't matter do not sit around worrying about what everybody else thinks do what you want to do i don't care if that means that you want to go out and start a business have a business plan go out and actually get a business degree of some kind so that you don't sit there and go i'm going to start this business and have no clue what you're doing and get Mm -hmm. taken advantage of by evil marketers that just want to sit there and make money off of you and then dip because i promise you they exist oh yeah don't get sit there and you know be swindled by people that are going to sell you a horrible property because oh well you're young and you're dumb and you just want to start this business because you have a dream everybody out there is made to crush your dream so have a plan for things and don't care what other people think Mm -hmm. and own up to your own stuff because if you do go out there and you do everything you can and your business still fails don't don't give up (laughs) go out there and do something else Mm -hmm. if you've tried soccer your entire life and you've gotten to a point where you realize that soccer is not going to be your thing you're not going to get a scholarship for it then figure out what you want to do quit right then and there do something else. Try something else because you won't have all of the opportunities that you have once you do turn 18 that you do when you are still uh, underage. <laughs> so mm-hmm. figure it out. Don't care what anybody thinks and do what you want to do. 
in a smart manner, not just diving headfirst into everything because that's how you get messed up for life. <laughs> so that that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, so moving on. This one is titled, How Should We Handle Our 23-Year-Old Son Who Doesn't Want to Work? Hello. My wife and I just don't know what to do with our son. He is 23 years old. He just sits on his computer and chat online and play video games all day. He's not in college or anything. Said he tried applying and got accepted, but applying for financial aid was too confusing, so he gave up. We kept asking him to keep trying, but he won't budge. Within the past two to three years, he worked about two to three jobs, all of which he wasn't able to keep for more than a year, and spent all his money on expensive computer parts and games. Each time we asked why he quit, he said he didn't like the job. I spoke to him multiple times, but one time he opened up a bit and said he finds life to be depressing. He finds a cycle of waking up, going to work, go home, sleep, and repeat and repeat depressing and doesn't want to do that for the rest of his life he said he wanted to have a passion in something but he can't find what he likes he barely exits his room though only to shower restroom and food otherwise he stays in his room at this point me and my wife want to help him but we don't know what to do we've been thinking of kicking him out but i'm not sure i want to do that so i want to try and ask online for some opinions of other parents who are potentially in similar similar situations how can we help our son well first thing is it's called 90 days. It's it's you got to let him out. You got to push him out of the nest. You really do. It, it's it, this this is he's 23, right? He's he's your age. Like like just think about this. Like at 23 years old Okay, first first thing is a dose of reality. Most people don't like their jobs. Just want to point that out put that out there. Most people do not like their jobs. Life is not about everything that you like. Life is about taking that one third of your life that you're going to spend doing one thing and making it work the other two thirds of the things of your life, right? So one third of your life is your job so that the other two thirds of your life that are, are more enjoyable. People who, right, right now, like we're struggling financially, right? Mm-hmm. But we've still got plenty of things that we're planning on doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, psh, we're good. We're, we're ready to go out and we're ready to go have some fun. Because that's what we do. We plan. Your son has no motivation. He's not going to find any motivation in anything he does as long as he's able to sit there and doesn't have any friction in his life. Friction is what you use to sharpen knives, right? Mm -hmm. Friction is what you use to heat things up. Friction is what you do to mold and change things. If you don't like where you're at, friction helps you get into a better position. Friction is the reason that I didn't stay homeless. Friction is what pushes people and pushes against people to smooth things, to make things better, to make things more refined. So here it is. Son, 90 days, you're going to have to go. You have nothing you're doing in your life. You're not advancing your life. You have 90 days until you move out. Now, if you are one of those parents like, we don't want to kick them out and we don't want to go to that extreme. Okay, that's great. Make it a bluff if you need to, but he has to get serious, like leaps ahead. Now, the longer that you go without going to college, the less likely you're going to go to college. Filling out the, the financial aid paperwork was difficult for him. There is nothing in the financial aid paperwork that is difficult. Is it long, tedious and boring? Yes. I filled out financial aid paperwork. I have filled it out several times. I know that it's long, tedious, and boring. 
it's the same information over and over and over again. And they will ask questions like, what do you want to do? What, what, what's going to be your major? What are the things you're going to go for? What jobs and what fields and every, and disciplines are you looking for when you get out of school? Lie. Because it's probably going to change anyways, right? It's mm-hmm. literally because you, you don't know. Anything you say is probably going to be a lie. But you are enabling your son to sit at home and potato. You need to friction. You need to cause friction. He may dislike you. He may hate you. He may say all kinds of things. But it sounds like he actually kind of knows he needs to do something. He just doesn't have the quote unquote motivation to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So give him the motivation. If you don't have a job and you're not here, you know what? You're going to pay rent. There you go. And you know what that rent's going to go to that rent. We're going to put that rent aside and that's going to be to him getting his own place. And that's between you and your wife, obviously. But he's 23 years old. The longer that you let him be a man child, the longer he's going to be a man child. Get him up, get him out, get him motivated. Tell him that if he doesn't find the job that he wants, you'll find the job that he gets. And if he doesn't have a job, then he doesn't have a house. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have electricity, he doesn't have internet, he doesn't have any of that stuff. Because in his mind, it was more important for him to to get his gaming rig up and going, you know. And I'm sure he's like, I want to be a streamer, professional streamer. Okay, buddy, that's that's great, but no friction you need friction you need to create friction in your life not be pushed over by your 23 year old man living in your house and not contributing to society or anything in any way shape or form what do you think i 100 percent agree there's not much that i can add to that this things like this come from just too much leniency growing up that's literally the biggest thing that we are you know, so concerned about with Tabitha right now is that Lily has passions. Lily's just lazy. She gets mm-hmm. into her passions. And she's like, I want to do this thing. I'm so excited for that. And then she starts doing the work and goes, wait, this is like actually a lot of work. And then she'll start to taper off. And then when you ask her, oh, well, I'm into something else now. But at least she's trying things. I will never be upset that she tried, you know, 70 different things in mm-hmm. the few years than trying absolutely nothing, which is where we're struggling right now with Tabby. She's not into anything. Right. And we're trying to introduce her to things and, and show her that she has to have a thought process that's her own thought process. She's not into any TV shows, movies, books, or anything because she is interested in mm-hmm. it. It's because everybody else is telling her to be interested in it. She doesn't have any kind of, you know, uh, opinion on fashion or what she likes about her hair, dislikes about her hair, her clothes, anything like that, because she does, but because other people say those things. And she just is mimicking everything everybody else is saying. And so she's kind of stuck because she's done it for the past year now mm-hmm. that she genuinely doesn't know what she likes. She doesn't know what she likes. She doesn't know what she dislikes. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She She's stuck feeling like, oh, well, I have to tell everybody what they want to hear when nobody's asking that. We're genuinely asking her, what do you want to do? And she just doesn't know. Oh, well, you know, this person wants to do that. So maybe this. Well, why do you only want to do it? Because that person's doing it. Well, I don't know. So it's like <laughs> she the, that's the kind of stuff that starts off like that. And if parents leave that unchecked, mm-hmm. then they're going to never figure it out. They're going to continue on through their life, just mirroring everybody else and going, hey, and then everybody else will move out, do their thing and they'll be stuck. 
And I'm pretty sure that's probably exactly what happened with him. Yep. Where he probably sat there like, well, I like gaming. Maybe I can make a career off of that, but then realized, oh, but that's a lot of work. And I could just sit here and play games. Instead, I'd have to sit here, set up a stream, do all this other stuff. I have to get a backdrop. I have to do these things and this stuff. And oh my gosh, my computer's not good enough for that part and this part. And da da da. I have to get these things. Well, I got a job to get that. Oh, but uh, now I got it. But I realized that I actually have to have this, this, and this. And I don't want to work for that. I, I'm going to quit this job. And just ended up in a position where it was like, I, he's stuck. Mm hmm. So if that's how he's feeling, first of all, it's not it's not a bad thing. If he can admit that the problem is that he feels depressed with a nine to five job and he feels stuck, then that is a step in the right direction that he's recognizing that that's what the problem is, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't know what he wants to do. So have him start doing a bunch of little things that are free. Start having him, you know, play and toy with ideas. And if he could see himself being this start, it literally sounds cheesy, but start with big things. Well, do you like taking care of people? And if the answer to that is no, then obviously you have a bunch of jobs out of the question automatically. Well, does he like working with his hands? Does he like doing that? Like, does he like being outside or being inside? Like, those are easy ways to start figuring out Mm -hmm. and slowing things down. Have him even do the taking the career path test. There's so many of them online. Start with things like that so he can toy with the idea of doing, you know, A, B, or C for you know, his life, going to school for those things and, you know, starting an actual life plan because people like that never even hear that there are people that genuinely come up with life plans. So start there. It's not hard if he's willing to take the help and the the push in the right direction, then obviously it's going to be a lot easier than if you're genuinely dealing with somebody that's like absolutely refusing, which that's obviously a whole, a whole different problem on its own. If he's Mm -hmm. refusing, then yeah, rent start start with that tell him he's got three months four months to get his stuff together and either he's going to have a job and he's going to figure out what he wants to do or he's out because if if he needs the shove out into the real world Mm -hmm. to figure out what he wants to do he'll figure it out fast cut off his internet start if he's going to act like a man child then treat him like a child well no everything gets shut off at this time at the end of the day i don't care wi-fi's unplugged you're done Mm-hmm. I don't care from this time to this time in the day. I don't care. You, you should be doing schoolwork, right? Because, you know, you're, you don't know what you want to do. So I guess you should be going to school. So no Wi-Fi. Here's a book. Here's some paper. Here's this. Go to school. Here you have this online, you know, this one little laptop that's online, but it only can access this school's website. So you can do all your schoolwork. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess you don't want to be here that bad. Like, literally, if you have to force him in the right direction and because you don't want to be harsh out of nowhere, then start with the, you know, help while being still shoving him in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Because I can understand not wanting to just cut him off and, you know, kick him out. I understand that. So give him time, but not all the time in the world. Because clearly all the time in the world is making him depressed. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much agreeing with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) on that one. So this next one was the one of the the two that you sent me. Um, this one is titled "Feeling Guilty for Wanting to Cut Ties with Dad." So maybe a uh, relevant context. Since I was young, I have few memories of when my father was around. His type of work involves moving away for long periods and by default limited the chance of me developing any strong relationship with him. However, his work allowed our family to enjoy a life without financial worry. This is where I believe he derives his own sense of value, upholding the provider role. I don't have much reason to believe he enjoys his job. He only brings up the money aspect. I have always been grateful and am aware that I am extremely privileged to have been raised with money, but to be honest, that's only... 
that's the only benefit I've gained from having him as my father. This reached a breaking point for me when he boasted about his salary being able to afford luxury cars. It led to me uh, it led me to a shocking question. Was sacrificing a relationship with your children worth it? As I've gotten older, moved out, and returned to discover his supposed true colors, I've started to resent him. He follows far-right ideologies worsened by his constant engagement with its associated YouTube channels, podcasts, news sources, etc. That typical conspiracy theorist type stuff. I feel like it's rotting his brain. It's all he will talk about. No amount of intervention on my end ever results in any positive resolution, just arguing and bitterness afterwards. He is filled with nothing but overwhelming hatred and the feeling of superiority, sprouting negativity, and living in delusion... Uh, brings him. I'm ashamed to have someone that is so proudly hateful to call my father. I don't want to try anymore. He doesn't respect me nor the rest of the family with the horrible language he uses against us. But I've had these nightmares that he has died and I'm left with this feeling of regret and guilt for not trying hard enough with him. For every time I've lost my temper and every time I've shown ingratitude for what he brings to our family, I feel worse. He's already in his 60s and I'm realizing that there isn't much time left to spend time with my parents. He has no one outside of this family. My brain says to cut ties once I graduate university and am financially independent, but I have too much of a guilty conscience for it. If I cut ties, I'd be leaving a broken man alone to suffer. I really don't know that I could do that to someone, let alone family. Thank you to anyone who read through all of that. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I did I did respond on this one, and uh, and and I'm going to respond a little bit further on this. I, I just I want to point this out. So, um. I have family members who are all over the world, like as far as their political views, their religious views, their, you know, I have an, I had an uncle um, who was a religious zealot, right? Mm -hmm. And was just obsessed with everything in Revelation, which was crazy because my real father was <laughs> obsessed with everything that was in Revelation. Um, I work around, I have worked in so many different environments. I have worked for religious organizations and I have worked for the antithesis of religious organizations. I have worked for several companies where being religious in any way, shape or form is not beneficial for you and, and vice versa. And, and here's, here's the thing, what I have and I have, and I now, now I have friends who are ultra religious. I have friends who are full on atheists. I have friends who are homophobic straight. And I have friends who are, you know, straight out bisexual gay and by, and by, by, they mean they'll try anything by, you know, it's like, here it is where you don't agree with people don't waste your time in that world. Don't waste your time in that spot. Look, pol politics, and I, and I said this to you in the post, politics are toxic. And any way you look at it, because it's one of two things, right? You either 100% agree with me or you 100% disagree with me. That's where we are because that's where everybody is, right? Mm. Either Biden is horrible um, or Trump is horrible or, you know, but nobody can... But people who love Trump, you can't tell them Trump's done anything wrong, right? Mm -hmm. People who hate Trump, you can't tell them that Trump's done anything right. You know, Biden, same thing. Like, people, like, we, we watched a video earlier I didn't agree with. And it was like, you know, oh, well, you know, we, we now have this guy in here and he's, he's horrible. And, but, but he's so much better than, no, he's not. Shush. Sh just 
let it go. You're that's not the conversation I have with you. So with my uncle, we love fishing. He and I loved fishing. And so guess what we did? We went fishing a lot. <laughs> like we did so much fishing. It was great. And he passed away a few years ago. And he passed away and I was I'm and I'm good with that because I don't sit and think back of of him and think that the only conversation I've ever had with this guy was just politics and I didn't let politics and brainwashing that happens on both sides just so everybody understands you know destroy a relationship there's there are things that are worth walking away from a family relationship for um in no world should you feel guilty if your dad was abusive and because of that abuse you're walking away oh man but my dad's alone well no your dad chose that but when it comes to things like that hey dad we're not going to talk about that you know, with, with my with my uncle was like mm, with my with with my real father. And we sat there and he's like, you know, I, let me tell you about revelations. I have no interest in it. And he's like, what? I, said, I have zero interest in hearing anything about that. And he was mad for like two weeks, three weeks. Right. But then after that, it was like, well, he's still going to interact with me. He's, you know, a parent. <laughs> so he absolutely did. And we did. And it's like and we were fine. So you got to look at things and say, okay, you, you know, it's good that you love your dad. It's obvious that you love your dad. I'm really glad that you love your dad. Your dad is stuck in, a, in his world and stuck in his ways and the same way that anybody is right now. And so in those areas where people are stuck in their ways and what they think and what they believe, because, you, you know, the respect has to be there. And so show the respect of, okay, I don't want to talk about this. What? I, I do not want to talk about this. This is not a part of our lives where you and I are going to see eye to eye. So unless we can agree that politicians on both sides are horrible and leave it at that, then we're just not going to. So let's focus on something else. What else is it? What did you do growing up that you and your dad did together that you loved? What are the things that you know you guys have in common? Where is the common ground? Where? What's the hobbies? What's the movies? What's the television shows? What's the meals? What's the restaurants? What's the music? What is... What is it like you and your dad? You man, I play music and you're like, oh, and you just you're so nostalgic there. You don't think about like even with where you disagree politically with your parents. That has nothing to do with it because you don't talk to them about that. Mm -hmm. You sit and you talk to them about the things that you guys have in common. And that's what you focus on. And you focus on the positive. You know, the song accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Don't talk about the things that aren't going to be healthy between the two of you. Don't worry about the things. And if he wants to talk about it, just zone it out because that's just where it is. It's like, hey, you know what? This this is not what I want to talk about. I'll tell you what. I love you, Dad. I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time with you. I'm not, not with this. So you let me know when you want to spend time, when you want to do things and, and you, you, know, you want to be in my life because this is where we're not going to talk. I have that. I have that line with my parents everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, it's a good line to have. But most of all, you know, don't. Put yourself in a position where you're going to have that regret about something that seems so big now. But 10 years from now, 20 years from now, not going to be as big. So that that's my advice. I completely agree. I Coming from somebody that has gone from having such crazy, literally divisive views with people and you know all these different things that have happened over the, to, to me over the past just six years we'll say 
I have never fully let politics get between me and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Personally, and this is literally personally, I don't care if you agree or you disagree. Personally, I am absolutely appalled by the fact that we as a nation right now are arguing and fighting over whether or not abortions should be legal or not legal on a federal level. That makes zero sense to me. You know, six years ago, me would have sat there and completely screamed my head off at people about the my body, my choice. And now I am of the opinion that there is a middle ground in the world that I live in. And a lot of people don't like that. And it's really hard to get people to be on the same page as you. And it is really hard when you do find out that somebody that you're close with disagrees on something that means so much Mm -hmm. to you. That means a lot to me. It's the same thing as, you know, when I was still in high school, I had a friend and I'm still friends with him to this day. And his name, uh, his name's Daniel. I and we've talked about this before. I am a black female, mm-hmm. and when from all the things that everybody said all the time, all on all over the place, and just hearing only watching CNN news and uh, being around my parents that were always spouting the same thing, and by parents I mean my mom and my aunt, mm-hmm. um, always spouting the same thing and all the stuff that was going on. I got to a point where I was like, yeah, Trump is horrible. I, you know, everything about him sucks. He's racist, ignorant, everything. You know, I'm gonna die if he becomes president, and then he became president. And, you know, I thought, like, oh, my God, the, the, the world is over. Like, we're all going to die. Everything's going to fall apart. Everything's going to be terrible. I remember getting into a an extremely heated debate with him about how, you know, because he said that if he was, you know, old enough, he would have voted for Trump. And it was all about how could you, you know, do that to me? You're violating my rights as a person and blah, blah, blah. And we got into the, the biggest argument that we had ever had over something that one we couldn't even do anything about yet Mm -hmm. and two literally wasn't that big of a deal because people that view it like that it's just it's literally not worth it to have a debate or an argument about it because at the end of the day I enjoyed being friends with Daniel and it didn't matter because I wanted to be his friend and it's the same thing with my parents right now where there's a lot of things that me and my mom do not agree on and I will roll my eyes at her Facebook post every once in a while, and I, but I don't engage. Because why would I want to argue with her when, at the end of the day, she's my mom, and I love her, and I don't care what her viewpoints are or if we disagree. There's a lot more things that I agree with with my dad, but there are still things that come out of his mouth sometimes that I'm like, whoa, yeah, nope, don't agree with that. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to argue with him about it because it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, I live in Texas, and they live in California, and... Yeah. I'm not seeing them all the time. That doesn't mean that every single time that I see a post from them or every single time I'm on the phone with them that I want to absolutely ruin and destroy the conversations by arguing. It's not worth it. I love my parents. I'm not going to spend my time that I have with them as little as it is now debating over things that at the end of the day, the country's going to make a decision about whether I like it or not. <laughs> like the country's going to make a decision about something, whether they like it or not. And yeah. I, it's not going to change anything. So if you feel that guilt because you do love your father and you want to have that there with him, just like you said, find out the things that you guys want to do together. Don't talk about politics. Yep. Whether that means that you have to sit down and have a conversation of, listen, we're going to agree to disagree here, right here and now. Politics are out of the question. I want to spend time with you. And I don't want that to be the only things that we ever talk about. Yep. And he can't, you know, if he's great and he accepts that, then you're good. If you don't want to have a confrontational talk like that with him, then just stop engaging with things like that. 
if he makes some snide remark and it boils your blood walk away don't don't do it it's not mm-hmm. worth it i understand that you added the context of what he's doing to try to make it seem like somebody like you want us to be on your side about it but it's literally just not worth it it doesn't matter if he's listening to conspiracy theories on the right side or the left side it's not worth it yep. just walk away from it don't don't engage because at the end of the day you don't want to feel bad because there is only so much time he's going to be here and then it, at the end of it yeah you don't want to look back at it and all the times you're just arguing with him if you can step back and be the bigger person of recognizing that, you know what, he's just gone. He, he's already older. He's, you know, fallen into this hole of things that, you know, doesn't really make sense. And I don't agree with it. And I don't want him to spend the rest of his days just, you know, dealing with all of that. Then, yeah, take him out. Go do something. It sounds like, yeah, he regrets everything he did in his life. And he hasn't done a whole lot because all he did was go off and work for your family. So take him out. Mm-hmm. Go do something with him and him alone. You guys go spend time together. Go out to eat. Go out and go fishing if that's what he enjoys doing. Go out and do the things that you guys enjoy together if that's what you want to do. Give him some time to actually feel like you are his daughter and that he is your father. Because obviously you guys didn't spend a lot of time doing that. So make mm-hmm. time to do that. Yeah, and just time is fleeting and none of it's worth stuff that honestly... And here's here's the thing that everybody doesn't get. Your views are going to change, too. Everybody's views change. That's the way it works. That's the way your brain works. It develops and it changes. So don't don't lose family because of it. But at the same time, you know, if it becomes a continually toxic situation, yeah, do what's healthy for you. So anyway. So this is the second one you sent me, and it's going to be our last one for the day. Okay. Um, so it's titled need advice boss possibly harassing me for leaving company for another job i've been in the restaurant industry for a few months at this and at this one place and it was pretty steady but going on for a while now every now and then my boss would ask details about my relationship with my long distance partner of five years i'm in no rush to get married i don't think i ever want kids etc and my boss would constantly ask about my relationship as if he's trying to figure out how it's going and it's gradually made me weirded out and uncomfortable Asking almost more about it than my parents are even, how my relationship is progressing, and I've never totally known why, but I assumed it's hopefully not trying to hit on me and figure out if I'm single. Recently, I got a job that fits my skills better and pays really well, and it seems my boss is annoyed about it. I put in a two-week notice, but he was questioning me about the industry I'm going into, which is graphic design slash marketing, and if I'm worried that AI is eventually going to take over these jobs, almost like he's trying to convince me not to do this job. He's brought it up in the past three days in a row, and it's con- it's kind of irking me. I know everyone is talking about AI, especially in the creative fields such as marketing, but I don't want it to be completely on my mind, and I also worry this is his way of being mad at me for not being interested in him. That's what my friends think, at least. He also has lately been particularly condescending about things like I ask a very specific question about where something is, and he asks, like, he acts like it's obvious when it's not will be something behind five boxes that's hidden and he gets it uh then sighs when he hands it to me i know i'm leaving soon anyway but i would have to come back here if this wasn't the only thing that makes me uh so glad to leave to another job any advice would be much appreciated as i came uh back from work the other day feeling very annoyed usually only two to four people working when i do and then edited wanted to add i don't know if this is even considered harassment my friend thinks so and so does my boyfriend but they think it's in a very mild and not as crazy form of harassment one way or the other it's harassment it's because <laughs> it harassment is just unwelcomed advances in any way shape or form um the bottom line is that a boss has no business 
prying into your personal life, period, right? They're not your friend. A boss is a boss. And sometimes, look, sometimes bosses just forget that they're bosses. Sometimes bosses are, you know, just too obtuse to realize that they're crossing over a line. They're too stupid to realize they're crossing over a line. I'm inclined to think that, yeah, this boss is asking you about your relationship and, and your life and all of this stuff. And it's like because they want to be a bigger part of your life. And obviously it's not something you want. And you know what? And his attitude back at you because you're not giving him what he wants and and he's going to you're going to be gone shortly is his way of knee jerk responding to you. You know, he's just not he's shouldn't be a boss. Mm -hmm. He literally should not be a manager. He shouldn't be a boss. He shouldn't be anything of the sort because he doesn't get it. He doesn't get their lines that should not be crossed. If it's a big company, I would talk to his boss. To be like, hey, you know what? You're ma- this guy's making me uncomfortable. And put those things down. Because here, if you ever have to come back to this company and you don't say anything, then he can write up whatever he wants in the internal uh, internal company memo and say this person wasn't a good worker, this person didn't come in on time, this person wasn't there enough, you know what they, whatever they want to say. And then you go to reapply and the company's like, mm, yeah, we can't hire you. Well, and because then it, then he, picture the scenario. They, you go to a reapply, say they're not even there anymore. They pull out your file. They see this. And then what do you do? You say then that this person was harassing you and stepping over the line and making you uncomfortable. Well, then it looks like you're retali- being retaliatory against them after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. Versus putting it down and putting it in the record now is what is going to, you know, keep that bridge open for you and and hopefully even make sure that it's somebody else that if any other job reference calls knows that that's not the person to call and talk to. You know, they're like, hey, you know what, just make sure you have HR there and get a letter of recommendation from somebody else and whatever you have to do to to cover your tail. Because, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, he's he's wanting a relationship that you're not one way or the other, whether it's he wants to date you or whether it's he just wants to parent over you or whatever it is. It literally could be either one um, based on the stuff that you talked about. Cause he's not just talking about your relationship, is he? He's talking about your career and he's looking at all these things that wants you to kind of stick around and he wants to be able to be there and be your, your kind of whatever it is, whether he wants to be in a relationship or a mentor, whatever it is, it's a line that he shouldn't step, be able to step over and not just for you, but again, and we talked about this earlier, you're leaving. You need to pave the way for the person who's about to take your shoes. And if he knows now he's not going to get away with it, he's less likely to do it to somebody else in the future. So you can save them on your way out the door, too. That's all. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's a line that's not supposed to be crossed when you are with your coworkers, especially when you are around a boss there there's some there's a line that's not supposed to be crossed in that Mm -hmm. business relationship it's not there you're not friends and workplace friendships like that are not if if it's not being reciprocated then it's not a friendship so Mm -hmm. he's asking about things that aren't they're not questions that should be being asked he should not be prying that deep into your life and yeah it sounds like this is him liking you mm-hmm. and you're not reciprocating it because you have a boyfriend and you're not interested and he is salty about it. it there are just people out there that are like that and it sucks 
when it when it happens but yeah you are leaving so don't be you know rude don't go off on him don't do any you know mm-hmm. drastic things but yeah try to get somebody else that can be able to you know get the attention of it and you know recognize hey this is not appropriate for you know work conversations for the the things that you've been saying to her and you know when it comes time to be talked about for your next job he can't be the person to do it because he probably will be that person oh man yeah she was a horrible worker you don't want to hire her kind of thing so it's it's overall just kind of sucks the situation just kind of sucks um but there are ways to go about it that can get you out of the situation without having to deal with any repercussions Mm -hmm. so i would take i would take those routes yeah 100 percent. and with all of that said don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. And that would be soupodcastoneverything.com. Don't forget to leave us comments and let us know how you think, what you think. Ah, and if you have any questions, let us know. Till then, peace out with your peace out. Bye.